Beautiful. What a weekend. What a weekend of just relaxation. Oh. Two kind of days off. Like, it just felt like a so nice, good. relaxing weekend. I love a good long weekend. Mm, I really needed a long weekend. It felt like we it's, haven't had a long weekend for like seven weeks. I know. So January Have is the we? longest month ever. No. You know what I've kind of found is like January went by really fast, but February has gone by so, so slow. And usually slow. it's the opposite. I know. Because it's so short. February is so short and January is so long. But no. honestly, February has just dragged on and i'm not here for it but now we're past a long weekend and it's basically over yeah, it's like halfway done how did it feel Valentine's how was your weekend day, family Valentine's day, day time of love you know i guess like for me i kind of just like melded the two together mm-hmm. spent mm-hmm. valentine's day and family day with my family mm-hmm. as so. you should it's a <laughs> day of love should. spending time Loved with the people ones. you love if you're exactly as it, no, should it was be. really relaxing honestly i didn't really do a whole lot mm-hmm. just kind of just self-cared and chilled out a little bit how are nice. you um i woke up at six o'clock and went skiing on <gasps> valentine's day downhill skiing downhill yeah it was awesome it was beautiful there was good powder so i also have cast v-day ski day ski day v-day ski day Mm -hmm. i love that and what did you do for family day um nothing oh like at all shout out to your i watched the bachelor i watched the bachelor last night did you yep well that's like your bachelor fam it's the only fam you need batch fam for life but anyways, I don't want to get into politics, <laughs> but we don't talk politics on the BCP, and Bachelor combo will get messy. Anyway, <laughs> that was a good way to spend family day, to like make people watch The Bachelor with me, because they have no other plans. That was uh-huh. nice. Oh, I, you know what? I cooked a mean risotto on hey. family day. I just like made a nice mushroom risotto, so you're welcome, family. You did what you needed to do to show your family that you love them. And showing them I love them by helping feed them. What a segue. Wow, what a segue. What a segue. The most Not imp- comparing myself in any way, but <laughs> a segue. The most important thing that you can do to your loved ones is to feed them. Feed and them. And our guest this week knows that better than anybody else. You guys, she is amazing. We were so lucky to have the Bernadette Zaraki on mm. the podcast this week. Oh, yes. You heard it here first, folks. Bernadette, for those of you who don't know, is the executive director of the Kamloops Food Bank Society. She's been there since 2008. She began her career, which she will tell us all about, as a teacher in Calgary, and then she got her master's degree in Edmonton. She worked in many different roles, such as labor relations, human resources, and district-level positions, coordinating staff and programming for students with learning disabilities. Oh, she's just always helping people out, always caring, always teaching, Mm -hmm. always loving. She held the role of manager of the Learning Assistant Resource Center at the Alberta College of Art and Design before moving to Kamloops in 2007. When she moved to Kamloops, Bernadette decided that she wanted to volunteer, so she went to the food bank and started off as a volunteer and quickly became the executive director of the food bank. She's also held director positions for the Kamloops Brain Injury Association, Kamloops Chamber of Commerce, and the City of Kamloops Park and Recreation Committee. She is so dedicated to the city and the people who live here. And she really just believes in Kamloops and believes in our communities. And I think one thing we just really need to stress, because she mentions it in the interview, but like we mm-hmm. have to just shout her out for this, is the success she has made for the Kamloops Food Bank. Yes. She's like, absolutely just turned it around and made it into like one of the top food banks in not just BC, Canada. like in Canada. Yeah. And they're also a hub for all the other local communities around. So she is in charge of seeing the other food banks like in Chase or in Barrier. So Mm -hmm. she helps 
all of those other outside communities of Kamloops as well, not just Kamloops. It's honestly incredible. And her personality, she's oh just my the most gosh. outgoing, fun, sassy person We ever. had the best and time talking to her. Yeah, honestly, we can't wait for you guys to listen. <laughs> yeah, I hope you brought your appetite with you, friends, because we've got Bernadette with us today on the BCP. Let's go. The bosses will see you now. Let's get into it. So thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. I think our first question, we were just doing some research on you to begin with, and we saw that you were originally from Calgary. Did you end up in your role at the food bank? Okay, I can tell you my my career track, Uh, but I was born and raised in Edmonton, and very quickly after high school, I, and I started, I went to U of A and started my uh, B.Ed. So I have my bachelor's degree in education. And when I graduated at 21, I went to teach at a small school in a small community outside of Edmonton. I was in a school of about 300 kids. My minor was in special ed. So I was teaching in the resource room. And I remember this is a significant moment. I remember I was I was obviously very young and I took over a maternity leave, and it was a really small district. And and uh, one of the, the fellows who worked in special ed there. And so this is how connections sort of start when you don't even know you're making them. You never know where a relationship and a person can lead you. And so always just impress everybody if you can. <laughs> just always put your best foot professionally because, you know, he really... Pressure's on. Yeah, he appreciated my approach. And so he was, and I didn't realize this, engaged to a program coordinator at a school for kids with learning disabilities in Calgary. Started looking at their openings in the spring in the district. It was a very small district and there wasn't a lot of movement. And the lady that I uh, took over for for the year, maternity leave, was coming back. And he said, you know, there's a spot that has opened, the first one in many years at this incredible school. I'm going to connect with the lady I'm engaged with and see if she'll interview you. So I went and I had an interview. And when I reflect back on it, honestly, I wasn't, you know, I had a lot to learn. I was quite young and I, I, I would have answered many things very differently. And I think probably his influence helped me get that role. What I didn't realize is this school was known across the country at the time for best practice with kids with learning disabilities. And it gave me the opportunity to travel across the country. So I I think another piece for me is to always appreciate every opportunity you're given. People may not have have looked for the opportunities or what, what greatness there was in this little school in this little town. And I learned so much there. And I remember I just had a few tears in the principal's office, you know, and I, I was just so taken with this school and the staff. I had some tears and I said, oh my God, Doug, like the principal, I don't want to leave here. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to leave. I know that this is a good opportunity, but I am I love it here. And he looked at me and said, you know, Bernadette, honestly, you can't spread your wings and fly in Balf. That was the name of the little town, in Balf, Alberta. And I went, okay, off I go to Calgary. So I went to Calgary. And when I went to Calgary, you guys, honestly, people didn't have cell phones there. I had like a big cell phone and you just kept it in your car. Like you didn't, you didn't use it. And we also didn't have maps on a smartphone or anything else. I got lost yeah. so many times when I was in Calgary when I thought I was going oh, to Oh, that would be me. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. Which, you know what? That's actually another really good analogy for life. Because when you think you're going the wrong way, you learn a new road, right? And, and yeah. honestly, I learned Calgary from getting lost. So anyways, at this school, I ended up, I, it was such a gift to me. I feel like the stars aligned with that. And um, 
um, we were able to really meet these kids' needs. So I understood clearly what kids with learning disabilities need. We had uh, a class of 12 kids. We had a full-time assistant. We understood learning strategies. We were given the opportunity for professional development, which I took every opportunity they gave mm -hmm. me. And, um, and I learned a lot. And while I was there, another gift, honestly, was the University of Calgary was a five-minute drive away. And so I started my master's degree and I would drive up after school and, you know, do my, my master's degree. And I was, I was about three quarters of my way completed it and my, my master's and I'm a little, well, I probably learned to tamp, you know, temper my, my impulsiveness a little bit, but that sometimes gives me, you know, great adventures too and I decided after seven years of being at that school and I thought okay well I'm done I'm gonna go do something else <laughs> and everyone's like what are you gonna do <laughs> and I'm like I don't know I'll figure it out but I, I almost have my master's I taught for eight years I'm sure someone will give me a job <laughs> honestly naive and I just started applying for these jobs I didn't get anything and here again a connection I didn't expect I thought hey you know, I'm in this school. I know a lot. I met a lot of parents in seven years. I'm going to start connecting with the ones that I really got along with and let them know I'm starting to look for something. And one of the parents that um, I taught her daughter, we got along very well. She was vice president of something at Ennex, uh, which was like BC Hydro. And she said, um, you know, we actually have a surgery leave in HR for this lady doing disability management. Like, come and do that for a bit I'm like sure oh my god it's so funny so you have to convince people that when you know nothing that you're a good fit for the world <laughs> so, just when in doubt pretend totally. they totally oh make it. goodness like go in I'll never forget the look on this lady's face so disability management in a union environment is kind of a specialized area and you you're dealing with thousands of employees and you're dealing with, you know, any work safe claims, any, you know, time off, near misses, like all this stuff with the safety crew. I knew nothing, right? So I go and I'm like <laughs> bright eyed and bushy like, hey. I'm all excited, you know, and her name was Debbie. And I said, you know, okay, Debbie, you know, and she looked at me, she went, you're a teacher. And I went, yeah. And she went, what the hell do you know about disability management? And I went, nothing. <laughs> and she said, and she said, you're going to make a mess of this office. And I said, unless you teach me well before you go, yeah. so you better teach me. And you know what? She did. Yeah. Because yeah. it was in her best interest mm -hmm. to teach me well. This was not a competition. If she wanted, like, whether she yeah. liked it or not, they were hiring me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and so she needed to teach me well, or it, it would have been messy. Mm -hmm. And she yeah. taught me well. She came back and actually looked for, you know, anything I had done wrong. And she said, you know, you actually did a good job on these files. And I said, you taught me well. Right. And her and I got along. You know what? Work hard, be honest, be fair, and we'll notice. So anyways, after that, I thought I'd go back into education. And um, long story, but I, I ended up with the Calgary Catholic School District. You know what? There is this thing to the law of attraction. So I was doing coordinating special ed programming mm -hmm. for a, a pretty large school. The funny things, when you get into these bigger organizations and bureaucracies, they put these rules that honestly make no sense. So because I was a temporary employee, when the summer came and you could bid on jobs, if you actually got a job and then a better one came up over the summer or in September, you couldn't step back from the one you accepted in mm -hmm. may or june like just ridiculous mm -hmm. so a couple of jobs came up that would have been permanent in certain schools but 
nah. I don't want to be in a classroom anymore. Like I'm done with that. I need to be either coordinating like a, a region or, and then I just kept saying, I want to coordinate programming for children with learning disabilities at the district level. I kept saying that sentence in my head, right? And the job didn't exist. There was no, at that time, the Calgary Catholic School District did not have that role. So I kept saying it in my head, saying it in my head, and I turned down a couple of jobs. And I'm like, this is kind of loony because honestly, I'm my own breadwinner here. So I should be taking some pretty quick. And and um, I remember my principal, I told him what I wanted. And he goes, well, it doesn't exist. And I said, yeah. I know, but I'm just going to keep saying that and see what comes up by September. Right. And then I'll take something. But I don't want to take something now. So at, it was like the last week of June. And they posted a brand new position, literally somebody doing the planning for children with learning disabilities at a district level and we both went i love that you we manifested your own career i love so that into listen to me i don't highly recommend it at all times because that was, she's like don't manifest too much that was scary because i almost had no money but but honestly i thought well whatever i guess so A powerful mm-hmm powerful but kind of I don't know if I would do it as you know as I'm getting older here but but maybe I should actually but it, you're apparently yeah. pretty good at it so oh my God. Right. that one was amazing mm-hmm. you guys honestly so I did I took mm-hmm. this role and I think one of the reasons they hired me was that nobody knew me in the district but yet I came with this expert level right. knowledge I knew learning disabilities I knew strategic instruction I knew my staff and then I went to um, the Alberta College of Art and Design which is now Alberta University of Arts or something like that in Calgary and I was managing the learning assistance resource center so that was for the students that had um, um, special learning needs or whatever and then when I came here to Kamloops I thought okay how do you get yourself known in a community where you don't know anybody so I thought, okay, we have to kind of go with your strengths. And so I went to the school district and introduced myself to the assistant superintendent of that, you know, special ed was under her umbrella at the time. And she gave me a couple of contracts to deal with. Um, she didn't quite know what to do with me either, because usually for those jobs, especially in a smaller district, those are really, you know, they're wanted positions by people. And people have worked 10, 15, 20 years to get into district level positions. And they don't give them away to outsiders. Like that's yeah. easily, you know, like sometimes you come up with obstacles in your career that are not of your making at all. And that yeah. was one of them. And so I said, okay, well, what will you? I said, and she said, well, you have to go and be a substitute teacher. And I went, okay. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> you're like, it's not happening, know. sweetie. You're yeah. like, uh-uh. Did, no. Been there, done that. I'm out. <laughs> right? And so I, that's exactly what I said. I said, no. And she goes, well, that's how to get into any position in this district. And I said, no. Yeah. And then we did some special ed program kind of revamping at NORCAM. And so she let me kind of lead that team. And while that was happening, I thought, okay, well, I really liked volunteering at the Mustard Seed in Calgary. Like I would serve supper every Tuesday night and I loved it so I connected in with the mustard seed here uh, well it was the new life mission at the time they weren't that organized then you know when I called and I said hey you know I'm new to town I'd like to volunteer and in, in Calgary there was a whole process you had to go for a criminal record check and you had to go for training and you know all this stuff and he's like volunteer like what do you want to do and I went oh it gets better and I went well I don't know I just you know, like, what do you need? Can I come and serve meals? And he goes, I guess. If you want to come serve lunch, you can, but 
I'm like, okay, let's get it. And <laughs> so, That's so funny. I ended up at the at the food bank volunteering. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a fork in the road came up, which many of our decisions are. So my fork at that time was, and I had, you know, several forks along the way, even before I left Calgary, actually, it was a test, I think, to see if I really wanted to leave. Bow Valley College called me. Oh, they had a headhunter. I still think about that one. And I could have been heading up a really big department from the Alberta College of Art and Design. And I had already made arrangements to move here and I wanted to move here. So the fork in the road was um, the position of executive director came up at the food bank and I was volunteering there. I didn't know much about the organization and I knew, I knew, you know, that there's some things that needed to change and, you know, expand or whatever, but the school district, they offered me the role of reading specialist, which, yeah, it wasn't really exciting to me, but it would have, it would have been a way in. And I can see how my career path would have been very different had I taken that at that point. Mm -hmm. And, and it was screaming at me like this food bank opportunity and they didn't even offer me the food bank one yet. So they offered me that one actually when, okay. So I did an interview for the food bank and they had kind of a bit of an interview process at the time. And then I, they had maybe the top three and I did a presentation or whatever. And then I remember the chair at the time calling me of the board and he said, you know, you were our second choice in all honesty. And so we're hiring someone else and da da da. And I remember I was in Walmart. I know exactly where I was when he called me. <laughs> it was in 2008 in April. And I remember hanging up the phone. This is true. And I thought, that doesn't feel right, but okay. Yeah. That's all I thought. That doesn't feel right, but okay. Yeah. He called me back the next day. The next day, because they were looking for somebody that was going to take care of the finances. So they hired someone with like a bookkeeping Mm -hmm. background, if you can imagine. And of course, they looked at the books and ran away at that point. I mean, we've grown, but I was too naive to ask for all the right things at that point. But he called back and he said, okay, so the person we offered it to has decided to not take it. And so do you want to take it? And so at that point, I thought, okay, well, obviously... I didn't think they had a number three and I don't think they did. So I thought, okay, the salary was lower than I wanted. We, we negotiated this sort of on my cell phone in my truck or whatever. And I said, okay, well, how about I work four days a week? Mm-hmm. So right at that point, I negotiated like every Friday off. Yeah, <laughs> like, amazing. Just, kind of Ask and really. you shall receive. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, um, you know, never did I think I was going to stay there. Yeah, because you had so many changes in your career in such a short period of time. It's so interesting Mm -hmm. to hear you talk about the choices that you made because it seems like you really followed your intuition with all your different jobs. Like, it's almost like you knew where you were supposed to end up. I think that's so cool. I wonder. I wonder that. I don't know. Um, But you, you know what? That's a really, really keen observation because you're right. I really did just follow my... My instinct, and rightly or wrongly, it landed me where I am. I feel um, like this is important work that I'm doing. I feel it's been challenging. You know, I I have learned so much from that food bank. I've learned so much from this community. Mm-hmm. It's It's been an incredible adventure for me, honestly. It tested my mettle at mm-hmm. first. Huh? Like, I came on board to mm-hmm. a place that didn't have food. It didn't yeah. have money. 
Um, it had some, you know, it had some broken relationships. I mean, so we have a much more educated, experienced board now, right? But at the time, not that they didn't have those things, but it was just a different culture. And it was, um, I think the youngest board member was maybe 65. That was the youngest. They thought we should all volunteer. Mm -hmm. Nobody should really get paid. They should all be downstairs commiserating with volunteers. And I remember you know, the first couple of board meetings, one of them was a retired army corporal something. He was, and he was literally yelling at me. And, and I thought, this is insane. Like I was driving home thinking, these guys have no idea yeah. how to run a professional organization. It was ridiculous. And I remember driving home going, I have a choice here to stay or leave. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I thought, okay, here's the thing. If I leave, and, I, and, and so this part was a bit selfish, you know, I thought if I leave, they're ready to hang me. Yeah. And what are they going to say for the type of jobs I'm looking for in this new community where nobody knows me? Yeah. That's small yeah. community, really. Right? I have no mm -hmm. relationships. I have no mm -hmm. reputation. I have nothing. And they're going to say, oh, this woman came in from Calgary and mm -hmm. now we have no food bank or it failed or, or now we're broke. And the then thing, it's on you, even though you didn't actually do anything. Yeah. They were ready. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay. I guess I just got to give it my best shot here and make yeah. something out of this. And then I just, one miracle happened after another. I'm not mm. kidding you. We, you know, it was just one thing at a time and just, and, and just trusting my, my strength. I guess the thing that, I don't know, I, I believe in myself and I always mm. have, I just believe I have, I remember every new job you get, you know, the first day you're like, Ugh. Oh yeah, it's nerve wracking. Your okay, heart not do anything. Like, how do I even use the washer? I'm like, yes. I just don't know. How does this machine work mm -hmm. to make coffee? Like, yeah, you know nothing, and um, and you don't know what the culture is or anything else. And I always say to myself, or I used to, you know, in a new role, oh my god, you nail this in the end. Always, you're gonna nail this, mm -hmm. whether you know it or not. Like I thought, I would always go back to Nmax, going, oh my god, that was as corporate as it got. You didn't know mm -hmm. anything, and look what you the relationships yeah. you made and you know what you figured out by the end you can do this and I, and so that positive self-talk to me i think in you know at the beginning with the food bank really saved me i'm like look no matter what you better give it your honest shot and do something there because they're gonna hate you so stick in there do it he shouldn't be yelling at you that'll get fixed somehow <laughs> and um and so one thing at a time one new board member at a time one new staff member but the thing with with being strong like that is, and especially in the role that I was in, is you have to be strong enough to make decisions. Right. People that fit that, you'll feel it. They're they're one with the organization, with your vision, nah, 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 and it creates this really good flow. So it's one at a time. It doesn't all happen oh, at the same time. Yeah, so now, you know, 12 and a half years later, we have a really strong board. We have a good reputation in town. We have, we have we're debt free. We have the largest food recovery program operated by a food bank in Western Canada. And we came the best at what we do. And we have mm -hmm. the best team. We have a great board. We have a strong team. And we care about each other as human beings, right? And so there's a there's a quote by Richard Branson, and I think it's so true in, in the kind of role I'm in right now. He said, I, I love this. He said, um, you take care of your people, and your people take care of your business. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. It, if you respect your team mm -hmm. and you care about them for real, you're not just putting that out there and you show it in ways big and small, they'll take care of that business. And they do. We don't have high turnover at the food bank. I mean, we we do in the sense of 
of um, employment programs because we're always offering youth employment programs to give skills and whatever, whatever, or we have Aboriginal employment programs where we're giving opportunities in the community. Those are term, you know, kind of contracts, but our, our staff has been there a long time. We stick yeah. together. So yeah, it's important to value your people and show them that for sure. They're, that That's what makes a place magic. You know, you have to have your policies and your structure and your systems, but mm-hmm. those are nothing without people, Absolutely. period period like that's that's an important piece that is nothing you treat your nonprofit like a business and you'll have a successful nonprofit. right mm-hmm. i was actually wondering right? what were some of the challenges at first going into the nonprofit sector that you faced and some of those differences well i think for me personally it was a uh, lack of knowledge of right. you know i didn't have any expectations so that could have been a benefit <laughs> as well but <laughs> i didn't um, so for me, I think the challenge, okay, so the challenges in this particular situation was a culture that I didn't fit in mm. and was mm-hmm. about to change. So um, when that happens, you you come up to, with a lot of, you, you come up to a lot of pushback. And so I had a lot of angry volunteers and um, supporters who didn't want change. So I think change in general was very difficult for um, you know, everybody at the organization. And so for me, I had to be pretty certain of, of the change and why it needed to happen. And then I just mm-hmm. needed to move forward with it. So I think, I think, you know, the, the difficulty that, that the, the current group had with, with everything changing, which it did, <laughs> was, you know, brought one challenge after another that I needed to face. And I think, so for me, in, in a general statement, I faced every one of those. So I didn't choose to ignore mm. any issue with any volunteer, with any staff member, with any program that wasn't working, with finances that were broken. Um, you know, I just had to face every one of those things while I was trying to figure out best practice for nonprofit, mm. best practice for food banks. There was a lot of learning. And a lot of a lot of testing of my metal, mm. you know, of my, uh, you know, of yeah. my strength. Yeah. So I think I think I think there were a lot of challenges at the time, and I was, for some reason, willing to stay there and figure them out. And so I learned a lot along the way. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Another challenge I think for me was I was an unknown right. in the city. Yeah. In the nonprofit world, I didn't have a network to call on for anything. What's unfolded, I think, in the last 12 and a half years is testament to relationship building, right? Yeah. And I didn't have any of that. So I think one of my challenges was was building kind of my network. I find, yeah. it, I find it so interesting that you said you have to run it like a business, but the food bank inherently, you're dealing with the community's most vulnerable people and it's emotional and it can be really heavy. So how do you maintain that business focus when you are dealing with Mm-hmm. not necessarily a businessy topic or it's so emotionally involved it's a good question because the part of the business or the organization that requires a business mm-hmm. focus is the finances mm-hmm. right it's the processes and procedures and systems yeah. that you're setting into place it is um you know your marketing strategy your fundraising strategy all of these things that keep you above water so that you have food in the Absolutely. building your, you know, your volunteer strategy. But then when you're dealing with humans, the reason we're successful is because people trust us. We have to be hyper-focused on what we're there to offer. And I think sometimes 
nonprofits, some of them feel as though they're there to solve all of this individual's problems. And when you're dealing with a vulnerable population, there's often more than one issue that you're faced with. So our clients are coming to us because they're hungry. They're hungry because they're living at or below the poverty line. They're at or below the poverty line because of either medical issues or mental health or, you know, so th there's a lot of layers and there's a lot of layers of support that these folks need. And if you get into trying to meet them at every level, then your energy is so dispersed. So this is the business piece. Then you're not hyper-focused and you're not going to be successful. Money's going to be draining everywhere. You're going to have a program for this and that and this and that, and you're just going to be meeting the surface level of all of this. You're not digging deep. So what we decided to do, and that's what happened when I came on board, is we shut down. I shut yeah. down a ton of programs at the food bank. But we wouldn't have had a food bank right. if we didn't do that. We need to hyper-focus mm -hmm. on what our purpose was. And our purpose, and this is what a business yeah. does. You can't mm -hmm. do everything. Yeah. You need to hyper-focus and be the professional in what you do. We're, we are the best uh, food recovery program our clients get more food than any other food bank in canada it's incredible they that's amazing once a week wow. and they're leaving with bags and bags of food that would have gone left they're leaving with eggs and cheese and and milk and bread and produce oh my god amazing. hundreds of dollars worth and um so yeah we just hyper focused on being the best at emergency food provision mm -hmm. do what you're there to do. We need to mm -hmm. lobby the government for long-term food security issues, but you don't let people starve for 10 years while you're creating policy. Absolutely. Like, yeah. there has to be a balance, and you have to work on both ends of the spectrum. And then, also, you know what? You're giving your community an outlet for compassion. Mm -hmm. People want to come and volunteer. They don't want to come and volunteer at a shit show. Right. They want to come yeah. and volunteer, right? They don't want to come. They want to see the change being made, yeah how did you market the food bank and the changes that you were making to people? Like, how do you market a non-for-profit? Mm -hmm. Very good question. We, okay, so in a, in a community our size, very good question, you start one person at a time. I, I've given mm -hmm. thousands of tours at that place. I want people to come and have a meaningful moment in that food bank. We have created community within this community mm -hmm. of compassion. We've given people an outlet for generosity and compassion. And honestly, sometimes I think, wow, like I get to go somewhere every day where people retire and go and work for free every day. Yeah. So the way you market a nonprofit is you be honest, you be the best nonprofit in your sector there can be. And then people want to come and see what you do. Mm -hmm. You create relationship in your community, you create meaningful moments and you be honest mm -hmm. and you run a good show. Yeah. But the, but the greater piece is that we're feeding human beings that don't have enough food. I mean, how can you argue that? I love so far, I've picked up on so many of your mm -hmm. values and what you preach, but like having a good network and connections and the value you see in that, that's something that I've always seen so much value in is every person that you meet has something to offer that they can teach you something, no matter who it is, what they're in, what field they're in, they can always teach you something. When you talk about your job experience and kind of the mindset that you had. It seems like you had a lot of, you know, self-motivation. But when you had your HR job, you also mentioned that when they asked you if you knew anything about it, you were like, nope, I have no idea you're going to have to teach me. So I think, yeah. no, but I think that's such a powerful and strong balance yeah. to be able to have to go, you know what, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know that at the end, in a couple months, I'll be able to do it. To because I think sometimes if you fake it till you make it too hard, you're pretending you know how to do something, you're not asking the questions, you're not learning, and then that's where you make mistakes whereas if you go with your mindset you can make mistakes but you're open to learning and that's how you actually grow and get better 
I really value that, but I also wonder how you brought that with the food bank. Because with the food bank, being in your position, you kind of had to understand all aspects of the business and the non-for-profit. So were there moments where you knew that you needed to make a change, but you maybe didn't have the background and maybe you felt a bit out of your depth? It's Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and finances is a very good place to start. I mean, when you're working in education, you're not worried about where the next dollar is coming from. Like mm-hmm. you just always have a paycheck. When I came on board, we had financial statements that were inaccurate. And, um, you know, we had a strong treasurer on the board. But what I realized very quickly, I did not trust the person that was looking after the day-to-day finances at the food bank. And very quickly, he needed to leave. So for me, I don't I don't keep any staff ever. And I never do if I have any concern about their ethics, their honesty. And then I just figure it out. and Or they're fit. And then we got a couple other folks on the board. And one of them, a very strong businessman in town, started his own you know, self-made human. And he taught me. I'm like, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. And I remember him just like, oh, my God. And he just sort of joined the board and <laughs> I had some questions for him. And then, like, three months later, I'm like, can you be president next year? Like, we were, and he's like, Brant, come on. I'm like, listen, I will do all the work, but I need to learn from you. And plus, you get me. I remember saying that to him. You get me. You're going to let yeah. me do everything. Because one time he said at a board meeting, because sometimes boards mm-hmm. are funny. A board-governed organization is funny to work for. And Sometimes you'll get people on there that that's sort of their power. And, you know, they people all have different reasons for what they do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's also a, a learning is that every person that you deal with in the workplace has their own motive, you know, motivations yeah. for what they're doing and why they're doing it. Some of them are honest and some of them aren't. So yeah, I learned yeah. a of that. Just because I'm in nonprofit doesn't mean everybody coming across my path is honest or has good mm-hmm. intentions. That's mm-hmm. not the case yeah. at all. And, but this, this one individual, I, I asked him and he thought about it. He's like, fine, because I remember him saying at one board meeting, I really needed his support at this point as the chair, because he said, why do we keep getting in Bernadette's way? Like, just let her do her job. So yeah, so you got to pick your right team. And so I think surrounding yourself with strength and people that are, you know, you're not going to be an expert in everything. Yeah. Right. Um, but I am not an expert in finances, but I'm an expert in the food bank finances. So I know where all right. I know where all those dollars are, where they go, where they came from. Like I'm on it. And so you just have to admit what you know how to do, what you don't, but you have to be strong enough in, in my role to know what your end result is. Asking the right questions. Yeah. Yeah. And hiring the right people. Mm-hmm. And getting rid of the wrong ones. Which is difficult probably yeah. to do, right? Uh, no, <laughs> she rip it off like a band-aid. She she's like, I'll fire anyone. Let's go. It's not it's not hard because by the yeah. time you come to the conclusion that this isn't the right fit for you, there's a really solid mm-hmm. reason, honestly. Yeah. So so it's not that you you know, certainly don't take me wrong. You don't, there's no glory or, or, you know, there's no happiness in getting rid of someone that's hard for people's lives, but it doesn't, I don't think about it after at all because I had very solid reasons for that to happen. And I know for the greater good of the organization and of the team, that wasn't the right human. Wish you the best. I mean, I don't don't wish you anything bad. What I do is I, I will always give people extra severance. I'll mm-hmm. give them, if, if I have to pay somebody two weeks, I'll give them a month and a half. 
Go find a new job. I wish you the very best. Thanks for all you've done here. You don't even have to stay. Here's pay in lieu of notice. You don't want to keep someone after you're letting yeah. them go. Yeah. yeah. You really yeah. don't. That, that doesn't work. Yeah. Give them pay in lieu of notice. It's always worth it. Mm-hmm. See, I taught you something today. <laughs> you've taught us a lot. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, pay in lieu of notice. notice. That'd be the cap. The caption of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> be the caption. Bernadette and BZB pay in lieu of notice. <laughs> Don't go work for this woman. She doesn't care. She'll fire you. No, I'm just kidding. No, well, you know, it's being honest, though. If you're honest. You know, and you're so you're Mm -hmm. sure of what you want to do, and you're sure of your business or your non-for-profit. I think that's that's the underlying value is that you you know what you want to do, you know what you need to do, and you care enough to understand it. And I think if you're sure of yourself, that's how you motivate people to work for you. And the right people are attracted Mm -hmm. to that. Some mm, yeah. people are not attracted to it. Some people, it's a little bit too brutal honesty. Yeah. And it doesn't work for, for their style. And that's okay. I'm not going to work for every style. Mm-hmm. And not every style may work in the culture we've created either. Mm-hmm. It takes a while. It takes a while to get all the right people in all the right places. That's oh. not... It's like a puzzle. Yeah. You know, you get all, you find the right pieces to, to really fit. But it's exciting when you find it. Like, what's a piece of advice you would give someone? I'm sure you have lots, but someone who wants to have a career in the non-for-profit sector, like, what would be a big piece of advice you have for someone that's Mm -hmm. so vague, but... Believe in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You have to... I believe in what I'm doing. As much as I'm saying, you know, you don't want emotionally, whatever. I believe in that place. I believe in Mm -hmm. that place. You need to act like it's a business. And then you also need to need to use you know strategies business strategies to be successful don't be scared to put business and nonprofit in the mm-hmm. same sentence the, the most successful nonprofits are successful mm-hmm. businesses and so don't be scared of what people think of that don't be scared of earning a wage right. you get what you pay for you need to pay your people well yeah i was kind of wondering how with the field that you're in how do you leave your job at work because it is emotional and you're having that community bit. So how do you leave it at, at your job, at your office, and come home and take care of your mental? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I think that's shifted as I've gotten older. So when I was teaching kids with learning mm-hmm. disabilities, that came with yeah. a lot of emotions. I mean, those kids were, they had some really tough experiences. Gosh, I remember having some tears after, yeah. you know, if a yeah. parent was happy with you or whatever, and me thinking, oh my God, I'm working so hard, and I'm here on the weekends, and they're not happy, and you know. And I think as I've gotten older, the emotional piece doesn't come into play sort of with the the work as much as it used to um, in that regard. I think you're a bit more raw when you're younger and you're just so, you know, you're just so engaged in, in your success there or whatever. I, I, I don't know. It's not that you don't care. It's that you have a better picture of your place in it all. Mm-hmm. And what you have to offer and what your role really is. My role is to ensure that they have a safe and respectful space, non-judgmental, to receive a basic need, emergency Mm -hmm. food, you know? So I think sometimes when people emotionally engage too much with either your clients or your, right, in any way, that's that's crossing a boundary a little bit and it's not healthy. Because if you take all the heaviness with all of these folks and all their stuff, like, how, how can you take that on as your own? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to take on giving them hope. Mm. 
and respect and and like I said, a non-judgment and safety mm-hmm. to engage with your own emotion around it is nothing but yeah. draining. I, I don't know how that would benefit either the human or the organization. Mm-hmm. Having compassion for human being is key to what we do, but that doesn't mean it needs to kill your soul. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost like you have to remove yourself a bit so that you can see the bigger picture to, do to the support work. them, like how you had to shut down some of the programs. Well, to be as successful as you are, you had to remove yourself emotionally from some of the programs um, mm-hmm. for the greater good of the food bank. I think just to wrap it up, it'd be great to if you could um, give just an overview of all the programs that the food bank does offer. We Okay, so we operate the largest food recovery program. I told you that. So we, we gather uh, close-dated product from uh, 21 stores, including Costco, Save-On, Safeway. And oh. we divert two and a half million pounds of product from the oh. landfill every year. It's such a successful oh. program. Yeah, it's a retail value. So we give out almost $9 million worth of food to 7,000 individuals, 54 agencies that make meals, and nine regional food banks. Can you share the resources for people if they do want to get involved with the food bank or they want to volunteer? Like how people can see what you're doing, see what you offer, just plug the food bank a little bit. Well, um, if people go to our website, which is CamelsFoodBank.org, um, there's several ways they can investigate what we are about. And if you click on the little YouTube icon there, we have several videos. Um, one of them, um, Cassandra's BCLC, um, did a video for us. Yeah, so that's on there. Um, we have a couple of videos about our food recovery program. We have a couple of videos about our rotary food drives. Um, so those are all on there. We also have our annual reports. The last two years are on there as well. You can see our team, our board of directors, read up about upcoming events. We have two questions that we ask all of our guests. It's a little shtick that we do. Um, Kennedy, would you like to ask the first question? So the first question is, can you plug a local business in Kamloops that any type of local business that you love and that you think you would like to share with our listeners that deserve some love and support from the Kamloops community? I wish I could say just one. And because I I have a list of so many I can't I can't do that because I'll tell you what we wouldn't survive without mm-hmm. our community mm-hmm. and we have received such gracious support from so many small businesses who honestly are struggling themselves right now that I cannot just give you one we have so many friends in the small business world here so I guess what I will say to that question is this shopping local supporting local has never been more important than it is now please don't forget the beauty, the creativity, and the personality that all of those businesses give Kamloops. So I could not mm-hmm. say one of them. No, but that's a good it. message. And shop local, support local. I love it. What's the other second question? question? Is what is your boss chick anthem? Like a pick me up song when you just need the, to get going. Right before you go fire someone. What are you doing? <laughs> well, I don't get very excited. About that. I just have to be strong. This is before your time for sure, but I'm a country girl at heart. I was born and raised in Edmonton. I've always driven a truck. And if I am going to turn a song on really loud, you must listen to this song. It is Dixieland Delight by Alabama. And it's my favorite. I just dance around the kitchen right now thinking about it. I love it. I love it. We will listen to it. Yeah. Anyways, you, you two are just bright lights. 
Thank you for listening to me blab on. No, I learned so much. You're such an inspiration and just that you can see the light and the passion when you're talking about your experiences. And it was so cool to watch you kind of take us down the journey of your career and your path. Thank you for yeah. everything that you do for our community. We really appreciate mm-hmm. it. You're of such a yeah. light in our community and your reputation precedes you. I, I, I'm I the honored one tonight, you guys. Thank you. Now it's time for what did Ken and Cass learn? <laughs> Takeaways. <laughs> Takeaways. I think my big... Oh, Go ahead. Okay. I think my biggest <laughs> takeaway was that what, what I liked the most about what she said and what resonated with me most was how mm-hmm. she said she kind of just followed her career path not necessarily saying yes or no to certain things mm-hmm. she kind of just like used her connections and followed what she intuitively thought and this is just you know the yeah. like the you know the horoscope and the affirmation vibe in me mm-hmm. but she just went <laughs> no, no no I know this is not what I meant to be doing and this is even mm-hmm. though this isn't maybe the most logical decision for me to be doing right now like when she joined the food bank but she knew even when yeah. they said no to her she knew she was like that doesn't feel right so she just trusted her gut and trusted her intuition yeah. and trusted what she felt most called to do And I feel like that is like a really good lesson for people when they maybe don't feel like they're at the place in their life or they're in their career where they should be. Totally. Just thinking maybe if they can think where they want to be, you know, then it can help them find it. I just, I love that when she said that. Yeah, I I love that too. The fact that if it doesn't feel right with you, maybe you should Mm reevaluate. And there's probably a reason why it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel right. And it might not align with your values or it might not really like lead you to where you want to be. Like just trusting that gut feeling. Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway was when she kept on being like getting into these roles and positions and she didn't have necessarily like the five years experience that the job offer said that they had to have. And she was like, I openly said, like, I don't know, but I'm here to Mm -hmm. learn and I'm going to figure it out. And I really like that because I'm always in positions where I have no idea what I'm doing and I feel like a fish out of water. And she was like, you just have to figure it out. You can fake it till you make it to a certain extent, but you still have to just put in that effort and learn. You just got to trust yourself. You'll figure it out. also be okay with making mistakes. Yeah. She taught us a lot. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think my second biggest takeaway is pay in lieu of notice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Moral of the story. In lieu of notice, friends. Episode title. All right, yeah. well, we thank Bernadette. She was such a special guest. And go support mm-hmm. her and the Kamloops Food Bank, especially right now with everything going on. Yes, especially with COVID. They need your donations and support more than ever. But we also need your support we do. more than ever. We <laughs> Guys, yeah, go check out. We have a donation tab on our website. <laughs> we are thirsty. No, um, go check out our new website, thebossjackproject.com. Yeah. We're not really sure why it's not showing up on Google when you Google the Boss Chick Project. But if you type in so just the put URL, it in the URL. Yeah. we will come up. And Cassandra totally revamped our website. We have all of our episodes up there. We should find mm-hmm. a way to like make it so they can subscribe and download through the web. I don't know if that's possible yeah, they will we'll make, make it happen, happen. We'll for just them contact. but honestly yeah like it looks great because Sandra made us look way more professional than we actually <laughs> are we're catfishing all of you we're catfishing everybody hopefully you guys check it out and you like it and let us know if you have any questions yeah. or info about the podcast because there is little message spots Put your email in, so we always subscribe. love your feedback download a review <laughs> like <laughs> guys come on it's it's been a couple episodes of us doing this like uh we're just you know the drill, you know the drill by now you know you're part of the bcp yeah. crew you know the drill 
but go check out the website and honestly reach out and let us know what you want us to talk about full of ideas we're full Mm -hmm. of guests but we want to tailor it to you guys you're welcome yeah absolutely the bosses (gasps) are out the office is closed we'll see you next week